Technology and food have to be in the top five passions for any nerd. I'm Chris Riley, tech advocate for Splunk, SweetCode contributor, and bad coder turned dev enthusiast. I sit down to eat with techies to talk about modern technologies, careers in tech, and advancement in development practices. My employer does not own or sponsor this podcast. My thoughts are my own, and no guests were drugged or coerced during the recording. This is Developers Eating the World. All right, Ian. Where are we? We're at Puppetize, right? Yes, we are. We are at Puppetize PDX in the year 2019, which is funny to say out loud. Why? <sighs> Remember when it was 2005? <laughs> and yeah. we were, wait, what, yeah, what, like I wrote what a, were we talking about in 2005? What would Puppetize be in 2005? I, I think it would be an idea that somebody would have when they're configuring something, just going, man, I've done 20 of these today and so I don't that know which way is up and down. That was the world of VMware, right? Probably. It's completely different. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to even think back that far. Right. I mean, when I talk about the DevOps is seven years old, to me that seems ridiculous. Like, I, how could it possibly be seven years I was old? I was the impression it was like 10 years old, but it, de well, I don't, it depends. it depends on who you ask. True. Right? If you ask the, the diehard, like, um, Patrick DeBlois, Jez, and Gene, yeah, it's probably older than yeah, seven. Yeah, exactly. And on that, on that topic, what does DevOps even mean? It's, it's different now than it was a year ago. So what, what made you get into DevOps? I, I was the guy on the Linux machine, uh, Windows machine better, who was configuring things for the 20th time, and I didn't know what was up and down. And, uh, you know, quitting time ends, and I go home, and then I come back, and I'm like, all right, more point and click, more point and click, let's go, what am I doing with my life? And uh, I, got, I got, in, got into automation, but I didn't know why. I didn't know why I was in automation. It was kind of, it was kind of one of those things where I got a copy of AutoHotKey, and I went, auto okay, hotkey? auto hotkey, okay. a very, very thin application. It's a macro application where yeah, I was just going to say it, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's exactly what it sounds like. And I got tired of using the mouse scroll wheel or expanding things. So I would put the cursor somewhere and do alt F8 or whatever. And it would expand everything. And it would just go through the screen looking for stuff that you pre-built and just expand all your menus. And then, ah, you have your, you have your workspace. So it started with that. It's like Selenium for the desktop in a L way. Little bit. It's poor man Selenium. Well, Selenium's free, so I don't know what that is. <laughs> but um, it's, and then I started thinking, oh wow, have people not used this in video games to cheat in like online matches? Oh, yeah. And then I realized, oh yeah, they have. <laughs> so a little bit behind the curve there. But uh, AutoHotKey was amazing and it saved me so much time just typing in a username or um, PowerShell codes to stop and start services. PowerShell didn't like exist then. In 2005? Did he? Yeah, this is about, well, 10 years ago for me. What is 10 years? Are we, geez, 2009? PowerShell was around, man. What are you talking about? No. Oh, wow. um, but it, it, this is mostly in 2011 for me. Okay, so your driver was just, damn it, I need to automate. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, <laughs> this it's, is dumb. Why and, am I and, doing this? And also, like, you know, when you do the same thing over and over, you start thinking, you know what? I think I may have been doing this wrong. I should have been clicking this checkbox, too. And then you have to go back and do all that, or and potentially disrupt what you already what built. What is the test? At what point do you feel like I should be automating this? <sighs> you know, I wish I, 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 I wish I could. I wish I could say that. Or you're just like this could be automated. It. I, I think it's mostly. <laughs> to be honest, I think it's when somebody comes up and says, "Why are you doing that again?" <laughs> and you know, it's just like a good, honest third party. 
there's some things that I can see for myself, but at the end of the day, it was like, I convinced myself that automating this takes too much time sometimes. And really, that, I, you know how long it took me to get out of that mode? Looking at my invisible watch, four years. About four yeah, years approximately to get out of the habit. Just, what? It would be fun to automate this, but yeah. does it make sense? Yeah, it, and I've had a few of those where it took a lot longer than the, than the savings, but you know what, it was still fun and I learned a few things. I learned what that, I learned what that threshold is to devoid. That's good, that's maturity, you've grown <laughs> up. <laughs> so what are you doing these days? Oh, I am. Uh, these days, like I've, I've the, the, good these old days, These days, right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We haven't seen each other forever. <laughs> um, God, I work for a healthcare consulting company and we engage with hospitals to um, optimize the process flows. It could be revenue cycle collections, revenue cycle follow through, could be um, surgical care coordination, a bunch of other things. And as part of those consulting engagements, we will stand up some software for them to use and accept data from them, process it, present to UI, and uh, offer those tools. What I'm doing right now is I am, we have a provisioning pipeline that builds out these environments automatically. And what used to take about maybe two, three weeks, we can now get done in an afternoon if everything aligns properly. <laughs> and um, so we get, we get a couple new requirements, a couple new things, a couple new flavors of stuff, and we're mostly kind of patching, updating, optimizing that whole pipeline process. Um, and just making sure that whatever we introduce doesn't bring things down inadvertently. Yeah. So what brings you to Puppetize then? Oh, we, uh, we, are, Puppeti we are Puppet Enterprise subscribers. And we, we use that thing pretty well. Our development's kind of slowed down on Puppet because I think that we've kind of reached a certain maturity where we don't have to go in and fine tune it so much, which is nice. But we, I think there's a level of transparency that our users are looking for. Let's say something breaks and occasionally somebody would say, I think Puppet did something. And our response is, well, we haven't touched Puppet in about a week and a half. What, uh, what, what, else, what else is going on? So it's a little bit of a big magical black box that does all this great stuff, keeps things in line, but I don't think I can explain what it does, but I don't think people know what it does. And I could give them access and then it's just gonna generate more questions and answers in the Puppet console. So I think we are trying to figure out how to visualize this and make a little bit of a self-serve process within an APM, a log aggregator, whatever, to showcase what exactly is happening in their environments. So. Who would be the user, who would be the consumer of those dashboards or that analytics? Yeah, we have, we have our install teams and our support teams. Our install oh. teams are half consultant and half data integrator. Okay. And um, I think that they have interest in what is the breaking point for these types of configurations? When does things get better? When do things slow down in a processing type way? And I, right now, there isn't very much as far as, like, I made a change. We'll see how the imports go tomorrow. And if they're faster or slower, I'll be able to act. It worked when I tested it, but what does the new data say? So they're kind of operating in a little bit of a vacuum of how do I know it actually went better? And the only metric we have is time. We don't have enough resource, windows into the resources. We don't have enough windows. And, yeah, there's, there's really not much visibility. visibility. So our install team and our support team are my number one customers for this. Uh, so back in the day, seven days ago, unicorn days of DevOps, whenever it started, <laughs> healthcare 
was one of the primary excuses for anybody in healthcare was, oh yeah, that's neat, but we can't do that. What say you? Well, healthcare data, it's, I figure if you can work with that and secure that and, and have a good culture of safeguarding information, I think that if you have people that just really want to do good and really want to help, that's a start to building that culture of protecting data, which is kind of a foundation to how do we build some good security. It's better to kind of really care about the data, in my opinion, to really care about the data and build good security around that instead of being told to, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, anytime my parents told me to do something, I didn't want to do it. Oh my gosh, ask my, ask, ask my youngest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, Dad. Fine, I get it, but I mean, I don't think my staff calls me Dad. But um, but there's some similarities oh God, sometimes. So many but, but like, it's, yeah, it, safeguarding the data is incredibly important. And if the culture is really interested in doing right for our clients and safeguarding that data, then security becomes a lot easier. Um, and and thank goodness for Puppet, thank goodness for APMs, thank goodness for things that can let us know if something changes that actually puts that stuff at risk. Oh, that's I hope I, I hope I answered that properly. No, I, the fact that the healthcare industry is no longer like pushing away DevOps because that's the new unsecured thing and they're embracing, like why do you think that that, when did it become okay to DevOps in healthcare? Yeah, that's a fascinating question. Um, well, I guess, are we talking about delivering more software faster? Or are we talking about having additional tools that reach into sensitive data? Or are we talking to just organizational like culture change as far as I think you answered the question in a oh, way. Just because, asking more questions? Because, <laughs> no, because I think you know DevOps initially was all about the application. But you start to dig into like some of the benefits of DevOps, and I was talking about this earlier with feature flagging. Like feature flagging originally was pitched as this I test and prod thing, but there's other benefits to feature flagging, which are in related to QA, related to being able to roll back, you know, all these other things. Like there's other benefits to DevOps that are not directly related to application. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Directly related to application. Oh, it even feels dirty just, say just it. being the DevOps. Say it. say it. Here's a mouse voice toilet. Wash yourself <laughs> off if you say it. Related. It, it's not just application velocity. Like there's other benefits, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I I think I I see I see DevOps as a just a culture thing altogether. I think like one of the hard, in our in our organization one of the hardest things to do is is really just get up and have conversations with people it's easier to sit down and just hammer something out and say you know what good enough this serves 80% mm -hmm. of our audience right but you know we can get to 90% if if we get up and kind of get people excited get people excited about hey if we kind of think about this in this context it can go a little faster if we can approach things from this angle holistically or even just narrow, whatever context is, we can approach from this way. I, I, I tell folks that interact with our team that like the hardest part about this job is just kind of speaking with people and getting folks on the same yeah. page. Isn't that interesting? It's it, that, been the hardest part. Technically, we can do anything. It, but should we technically so do it? Should you, we invest you, in it? That's where we're going. That's, that's put, our thing. You put a better words around what my last recap episode was, where I said, um, 
I've been surprised at the conversations I've been having have been less about technical challenges where the techie kind of knows, yeah, I can do it. I, the tools are there, I can do it. They're more talking about the fluffy stuff, which is not actually fluffy, like it has a direct impact on ability to do things. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to be a counselor. Can we do it versus should we do it? The old school techies couldn't, couldn't do that. It's, and they, they I mean, that's like yeah. that whole T-shaped, you know, <laughs> soft skills, all that. The four stuff. quadrants or whatever, yeah. It's, 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 very, it's very spoken, very driven, very collaborative now, and, which is a, it's a great thing. But, and, you know, sometimes it's difficult. And sometimes people aren't in that comfort zone, but that's okay. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's whether, it, can we do it is less of a problem. Should we do it? What behaviorally can go wrong? What behaviorally will get benefit? It's a, it, yeah, it became a people game. When did this yeah. become a people game? Yeah. Tech, this God, technology people. is just a factor. I, I got into <laughs> tech to avoid people. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, I'm gonna let you get to the next session, but one more question. Hit me. What are you excited about most in the next years, tech-wise? Tech oh, um, the one thing for me, it was a, it was showcased today, this morning, I forget what the term was, I think it was impact analysis. Impact uh, analysis, okay, yeah, that's the, a new the, I, I, And I might have the, <laughs> it started with an I, ended with analysis. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> gosh. Well, um, it didn't end in ops, which is good. Right, yeah, that's a good change, right? But it, it's, it's, the, it's in, pup, in Puppet, it'll let you know what this next run is going to do. And, we have a pretty good feeling right now what a change is going to touch, but out of 375 oh, nodes cool. or so, it would be nice to have like a little bit of a prediction going on okay. to say, all right, we're, cool. here we go. Yeah. It's going to affect all these machines. It's going to touch this one item. Here's a few outliers. We got to look into those. All right, pull the ripcord. Let's go back and work over this again. That's what I'm looking forward to most. So at least it's something that I can get my hands on, if, if not right now, pretty soon from the good folks at Well, Puppet. they didn't use the word AI and they didn't use the word machine learning. Yeah, and they no. didn't use the word ops, so that's a Well, I've checked my, my buzz card bingo and I may not have won, but I'll take <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, Ian, thank you so much. Hopefully I can see you next year, but I appreciate you oh, joining it's me today. It's a pleasure being here, thank okay. you.